Good morning, everyone. My name is Adam, and I am the lead communicator here at Downtown Harbor Church. If this is your first time, we're just so glad that you're here today. Today is a kind of really special and important day because we are kicking off a new um, series, and we're going to talk about these things, these six things in this series that kids and teenagers and just all of us people need over time, and how the scripture lends us to and how we should embrace that and what we do with what we hear about that. And so I kind of want to start by just asking you a question and asking you to do something with me. It's not an intimidating thing, it's just something real easy. Even if you're not a parent, because if you're a parent in the room, this is pretty easy to do. But if you're not a parent, you probably have someone in your life that you know of, whether it's a niece or a nephew or a kid that you work with, or if you're a volunteer, you work with someone, I want you to do this. I want you to take a minute and place a face of a kid or teenager or someone maybe transitioning to college that you know in your life, in your heart, and in your mind. Place a face in your heart and in your mind. Because I did this this week. And I know that I have a couple of kids in my life that I want to tell you about just because this is going to be important, so important to understand this. Let me tell you about this guy. This is my nephew, Matthew, okay? Matthew is now just five, okay? He took his clothes off in Target the other day. This is my sister who posted a picture to Facebook of Matthew. And if you look at baby pictures of both of us, they actually, like, they, people think that we're, ide we're identical twins. Like, Matthew, this is me, okay? Let me tell you about another kid in my life that I know of. This is my niece, Kate. She is the sweetest, cutest thing that you'll probably ever meet. And Kate rode Expedition Everest at Disney's Animal Kingdom last year for the first time. This is her on the ride. The after picture did not look this joyful. The poor thing was scared to death when she got off, right? She was in tears. But this is her right as she started to ride Expedition Everest. And let me tell you this. Kate and uh, me and Caitlin, my wife, we FaceTime almost every day. And I'm going to tell you why in just a few minutes. But Kate loved our little petite golden doodle Dottie so much. If you've seen Dottie, you know how cute this dog is and we just love her in our life. But Kate wanted Dottie so badly that she convinced her mother to get a mini golden doodle for their family. And Kate was placed in charge of naming the mini golden doodle. And they didn't know if it was a boy or girl or not. She didn't care because that's just the imaginative spirit of a child, they don't care. But Kate said, you know what I want to name the dog? Ruggles. And then it's a girl. We found out it's a girl. So the dog's name is Ruggles and it's a girl. And Kate picked out the name for Ruggles. And then let me just show you the last kid in my life. This is our goddaughter, Vanessa. This is my wife, Caitlin. This is us at Disneyland in California. Vanessa and her mom and dad are our dear friends and they live out in Anaheim, LA area. And we go see them quite a bit. And we go and take Vanessa to Disneyland quite a bit. And we go and take her to the place that she loves most. You have a face and a name in your heart of a kid. Maybe it's your own biological son or daughter, or maybe it's just someone that you know, or your niece or nephew, or that you invest in, or someone who's just in your life. So everyone has a name and a face in their mind and heart right now. That's why I want to tell you about this. This is a jar of marbles. In this jar of marbles, there are 936 exact marbles. We counted them out one by one because 936 is the number that represents the amount of weeks that a child has from the time he or she is born until they graduate high school. 936 weeks. And what we've said is, 
is that our influence with a child, someone in our life, we have a potential influence on that kid or teenager. And by the way, these principles that I'm going to talk about today apply to people as well, not just kids and teenagers. But we have this limited amount of time, this 936 weeks to go ahead and have influence in the life of a kid or teenager before they go off into the world and establish themselves in society or they go off to college and then society has the potential to influence them in any direction they want to. But we care about these kids and teenagers in our life so much, so we need to recognize and understand that this represents time. So when a family has a new baby, we encourage them to do this, to go and get a jar of marbles that looks just like this and put 936 in them. And then every Saturday or Sunday, whatever time that your family decides to do this at, what we say is, go ahead and take one out every week. Because if this represents time, it represents a visual thing that we have as we can see how much time that we have left to influence the kids and the teenagers in our homes and in our life. And I will tell you this, if you want to know something really cool about this, this is it, you're losing your marbles. Figuratively, spiritually, and emotionally, you are losing your marbles. Because we know this, we know the time, the influence that we have in the lives of kids and teenagers that we know. We know the time is effectively running out, and our influence is not going to be around forever. So we want to give people the visual representation that you are losing your marbles. We want every family to do this. And what I love about this so much is it's rooted and based directly in Scripture. In Psalm 90.12, it says, Teach us to number our days that it may give us a heart of wisdom. Moses wrote about that in the book of Psalms, in the Scripture, so that we would take that example and we would understand what this means so that we could put these in our home and visualize the time we have left, the influence that we have left in the life of a kid or a teenager who would be in our life. And why we talk about this here at Downtown Harbor Church is because this is part of our DNA. Family at Downtown Harbor Church is extremely a part of our DNA. We believe that the family is so important and you have these relationships. They're the only people in your life that you really didn't get to choose to be in your life, right? So we prioritize it here at Downtown Harbor Church. And so if this is true, if there's 936 weeks that we have to influence the life of a kid or teenager, what does that mean? What should we be doing? Well, one of the things that we said is we wanted to talk about some things that we think kids and teenagers need as our time is running out. And the first one that they need is this. We think the first thing they need is time. We think the first thing that kids and teenagers need is actually time. They need you to show up. They need you to be present. They need you to be involved in their life day in and day out. See, because time is this one thing that you just can't get more of. Time eventually, and we visually represent it here, will run out. And do you know why we use this analogy with our families? Do you know why we do this? Because it reminds you to value your time. It reminds you to value those precious moments that you have, that you can't get back, that are going away so quickly. It reminds you to value your time. Furthermore, one of the things that it does when you see this and time is running out and you visually see how much time you have left, it makes each week matter a little more. It makes each week matter. It makes each week that you have matter a little more. You might pick up the phone and call that niece or nephew just a little bit more. You might hug that son or daughter closer because you see that time is effectively running out. You might do something different in your life because you can visually see time. And over time, that's so important to understand as we invest in those that we care about. 
the most. Another thing that this does, what I love about this, is when you see the time that you have left, you tend to value the time that you have now. See, when you see the time that you have left, you tend to reflect and think about things and value those moments that you have right now. You tend to make those moments that matter, matter a little more. So we encourage our families to do this at Downtown Harbor Church. Visually, put this in your home and count it down. And when you invest in kids and teenagers over time, you're doing something. When you invest in kids and teenagers over time, you're actually creating something. Do you know what you're creating? It's so awesome and cool to see what you create. You're creating history. Over time, you make history. And we say it like this around here. We say time over time. When you invest time over time, it equals history. You're making memories. You're doing things that can't be replaced. You're giving kids and teenagers those moments that are just important, and you're creating history in their life. I told you about our goddaughter, Vanessa. People say to me all the time, we go to California a lot. You moving there? No. We go there to see our friends and to see our goddaughter, and I have a slight obsession with Disneyland, if you don't know that about me. And so we go, and we see our goddaughter, Vanessa. And last night, it was almost like God just placed this on my phone from our friend for a reason. She texted me last night, and she said, I just want you to know something. She goes, Vanessa misses you and Caitlin. She talks about you every day. And she said, when we get down by her bed at night and say her nighttime prayers, do you know what she prays for? She says, I always pray for Adam and Caitlin. That's what she calls Caitlin. She goes, I always pray for Adam and Caitlin. Do you know why? Here's why. You know why she does that? I know. Because we showed up over time. And we're going to continually show up over time in her life. Because her parents asked us to take this very serious responsibility of being her godparents. And we're going to show up over time so that we can create history with this little girl. And there are kids and teenagers in your life who you need to do the same thing for. You need to show up over time. Parents, you need to show up. Don't be absent. Be present. But kids need other people than in their lives too. They need those people who are going to invest in their friends, uncles, aunts. Time over time is so important and you're going to create history because what you're doing is you're actually not just creating history, you're leaving a legacy. And you're leaving a legacy, a legacy that will live on because if this is true, and I think it is, when you're making history, you usually don't know it. When you're making history, you usually don't know what you're doing. You don't get into something and go, boy, I'm making history here, right? You don't get it. You just care. You just show up over time. But that's how important this is. Because when you show up over time, you're actually leaving a legacy and you're creating history. And you don't even know that you're doing it. That's how important it is. And that's why it's important for you to show up each week. That's why it's important for you to show up at events that your kids have. And if you are affiliated with kids or know some kids, that's why it's so important for you to be there. I'll never forget one of my favorite lines that my dad used to, my, if you've never met my dad before, he's just a funny guy, he just is. And so my, when we, my dad showed up a ton when we were kids. He showed up, he was my baseball coach, he showed up to my sister's dance recitals, graduations, vacations, you name it, my dad was there. He got this investing time over time. But I'll never forget at my sister's dance recitals, and I didn't even really know what this meant at this point, I was a young kid. But he said to me, he goes, son, I just want you to know something. Ain't no way I'm making through this without a couple of beers. I said, no? He goes, no, this is brutal. Have you ever seen a kid's dance recital? Who wants to go to that? Like, I mean, they just parade him across the stage in these outfits that break all of you people, like it just does. Who wants to do that? But my dad, 
He always went because he showed up over time. And he knew that no matter how brutal it was, it meant something to a kid or a teenager over the course of time. He didn't show up to just one. You shouldn't show up to just one. You should show up to all of them over time as you make history in the lives of the kids and the teenagers that are in your life. But if this is true and we believe that it is, and our marbles are running out and time is running out, we believe the only thing that they need is not just time. We believe there's a number of things that kids and teenagers and people in general, these principles can be applied across the board. We think there's a number of things that they need over time, over and over again. And here's the next one that we think they need. We think that they need words. We think that they need words over time. Words are so important because let me tell you this. Words are the things that come out of our mouth. Did you know this? That you can't actually take the words back in. The words are so important. They come out and it's the one thing you cannot take back in. And we all have words. And we have influence. And we have influence in the lives of kids and teenagers. So if we understand that they need words over time, then we need to be so careful with our words. Because a lot of times we're people. So we just say things. We just let it fly because that's who we are. We say things we don't mean. We say things that are rude and wrong. We say things that aren't good in investing in the life of a kid or teenager. And I believe this. This is why I believe that they need words over time. And it's so important to understand this because words over time equal direction. What would you do differently if you understood that everything that you said to anyone in your life influenced their direction and that they actually had an opportunity to take a different path because of what we said. And as kids and teenagers are developing cognitively and they are growing and they're discovering who they are, listen to these two phrases if you think that they're different. Here's the first phrase. I love you. You matter to me. You're going to do something big with your life and I believe in you. Go follow your dreams. It's the first phrase. Here's, here's another one. You really probably don't have the ability to get that done. You should not do that, and really, you're not worth that much. Direction. Think about what would happen in a life of a kid or a teenager if everything that we said influenced who they were as people. What if we understood that? That's why I showed you our niece, Kate. We FaceTime her every single night. And what we do is we always say, Kate, we love you. You are so important to us. You are valued. You mean something. Words over time offer a sense of direction in someone's life. And when we understand this, when we get how important this is, things change. Things are different in the lives of kids and teenagers because we understand that our words matter even more than we think that they matter. A lot of times words we think are just words. We slough it off. But words are so vitally important to the direction of a kid or teenager. This next one is powerful. Um, it's emotional. Because I don't know if you've known someone in your life who's committed suicide. Have you ever known anybody who's done that? Because suicide rates in our country are at an all-time high. I personally don't have anyone close to me who's committed suicide that I would know personally. However, when people ask or they study about and they engage in what that means and looks like, and why people actually pulled the trigger and did that in their life, the answer is generally the same. I don't feel like I'm worth anything. And studies and statistics show that a lot of times that relates back to childhood, and when they're developing, that they feel like they have a lack of self-worth. So the next thing that we think kids and teenagers need over time is love. And we think they need love. 
Because love over time equals something. It equals worth. Love over time allows someone to feel like they matter. Because you know what? They do matter because they were created by God to understand that. And culture led us down a very difficult direction related to love. We want to be so careful that we don't minimize what Jesus maximized. Because Jesus said, you've heard me say this, he said, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then, secondly, second, it's equally important, go love your neighbor as yourself. Go love your neighbor as yourself. And I got to tell you something, in my experience with church growing up, I was taught a lot about spiritual disciplines. I was taught a lot about prayer, and I was taught a lot about engaging and coming to church every week. But you know what? I don't know that I was taught a lot about love. And so what we said around here is we want to be careful to never minimize what Jesus maximized. And Jesus said love was the most important thing that you could do. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. What would it look like if you just began to apply this principle with the kids and the teenagers, and let's take it even a step further, the people in your life? What if you used your words over time to allow love to flourish? What if you did that? Would their direction be different? Would they have a sense of self-worth? I think they would, and I think that this is potentially the most important thing that we could ever do. And so we want to be so careful to make sure that with everything we do, it's rooted in love, because Jesus maximized it. He said so many other things too, but he said this right here, this is everything. You go and do this, you're going to get it right. Paul confirmed it. Paul was a guy who was, he hated Christians, and then he became a follower of Jesus, he wrote over half of the New Testament in the ancient scriptures. And you know what Paul said to a group of people called the Galatians? He wrote this in the New Testament. He said, hey, quit bickering with each other. Quit putting old stuff back in. The only thing that counts, the only thing that counts is faith saying yes to Jesus, that he is who he said that he was, that was the guy who predicted his own death and resurrection, saying yes to him and then going and loving your neighbor as yourself. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And we've missed that. My goodness, there are kids and teenagers and people who just feel so worthless and unloved. We have to get this right. We have to begin maximizing what love is. I believe that another thing kids and teenagers need over time are stories. I believe that stories over time offer a sense of perspective. Let me tell you what this means. A lot of times people just kind of end up living in their own world. And they don't clearly experience other cultures or they're only used to what goes on in their own life. And here's what stories do. Stories offer us a sense of perspective. So when kids and teenagers hear stories, it allows them to imagine a world beyond themselves. It allows them to imagine something bigger than their own little world. That's, don't miss this. This is so important. That's why Jesus told stories. If you look at the life of Jesus, he taught in parable these fictional stories. He taught people points like this to prove a lesson. That's why Jesus told a story about a father with two sons, one who asked for his inheritance early, and he went away and blew it all and ended up sleeping in pig slop and then eventually went back to his father to ask for forgiveness, and the father said yes. You know what that story did? It gave a group of people of the time a different perspective, that they understood more about forgiveness than they ever had before. That's why Jesus told a story about a Jewish guy who got beat up on the side of the road. And the religious people of the time walked by, but then there was one guy who was supposed to be his enemy, a Samaritan, walked by and actually helped him, helped him, nursed him back to health. That's why Jesus told the stories, to give people perspective so that people could understand a world outside of their own 
world. I don't know if you remember when you were a kid the first stories that you read. The first story that I can remember reading in kind of novel form, I was probably five or six, was The Boxcar Children. I don't know if anybody ever remembered that book or if you're familiar with it, but it was about these four orphans whose parents died and they ended up living in a boxcar by themselves as they went on this journey. It gave me perspective of a world that was beyond myself, that was different than me. I don't know if you're into movies and cinema, some are good, some are bad, but I saw a movie about five years ago that I talk, I talk about when I use this example or I talk about stories because it kind of changed my mind and gave me perspective for a time that I didn't know. The movie was The Help. Did you ever see The Help? It was Octavia Spencer, one of the best supporting actress for this movie, and it gave me perspective into a time period where I had no idea about, and it just changed things. Kids and teenagers, and I'll tell you this, adults too, you need stories because it helps push you to a world beyond yourself. It helps push you to imagine something bigger than yourself. Kids and teenagers, they need Bible stories so they can understand. They need stories from their grandparents so they can understand what life used to be like. You know, my grandpa, if I hear him say one more time that he walked to snow in the school, or, you know, walked to school in the snow, like you've been there, right? And you just hear it all the time. And I'm like, Grandpa, we get it. We're not changing the way we do things, but we need that. We need to understand so we can have perspective. And I believe stories are one of the most important things that we could ever give the next generation. This next one is really cool and important because it applies to all people. And I'm just going to put it up, that way we can address it and get on. But this is the deal. We think kids and teenagers need tribes. We think they need tribes. And we think that tribes over time equal belonging. That when you are a part of a tribe, when you are a part of a group, when you are a part of a group of people doing something, it means that you're part of something and that you're important to that group of people. Let me give you a strategy thing. One of the things that we do at Downtown Harbor Church is we believe that our kids and family ministries downstairs are some of the most important things that could ever be done in local churches. That's why we put so much time and emphasis and energy down there. So if you have kids and you bring them here, if you don't have kids, that's okay. You can just understand why we do what we do. But if you have kids and you bring them here, you need to know that that will always be a priority to this church. That program will be kicking and staffed and amazing with amazing volunteers for as long as we're here. But here's the deal. Because we believe in tribes, we've organized that department around a strategy of groups so that kids can be in a group where they're connected to a leader that cares about them and a consistent group of peers so that they can talk to their leader when they need something and that they know that they have friends here who can care for them. That's our strategy. And I was so excited because we're just over one year old. And last week we were downstairs and I was kind of seeing stuff afterward and our family ministry lead, Christina, she pulled me into the space because I don't get to see it a lot. And she goes, hey, I just want you to know something really cool. We have grown and we just started our second elementary small group. And that was just really cool. Because kids, that's what they're doing. They need to know each other. They need to know a leader who cares about them. What I love so much about some of our leaders downstairs too is they're teenagers. We believe in the opportunity for students to experience personal ministry so that they can engage with the church once they leave it as well as now. That is so important to us. And I love what's going on down there. If you ever get a chance, just go and check it out. It's really cool. And you know this because here's the deal. You know kids and teenagers need a place to belong because you need a place to belong. We all do. Why do you think everybody went to Cheers in Boston? And, I mean, right? And everybody knew Norm, right? And they slid the beer down the bar. Why? Because Norm needed a place to belong, and that's where he wanted to be. That's why people went there, because everybody knew their name. This, this understanding of tribes is so essential to what we do. It's so crucial to us understanding what kids and teenagers need 
over time. And you know why the reason is we want to give them a tribe here inside a local church, inside a community where we're promoting biblical scriptural principles and doing good things is because of this. They're going to find a tribe somewhere. They're going to find a place to belong. I don't know about you, but I hope it's a place they can be engaged and feel involved. I don't want them to be a part of a gang or something that could ruin their life because they could because they're always going to find a tribe. Now this last one is controversial. This last one is something that the local church um, has not embraced, at least in my experience. And um, at Downtown Harbor Church, we're going to start to embrace it because it's something that the local church has not really taken a stance on and it's controversial in society and a lot of people agree and disagree about this. There's a lot of tension related to this issue. But Downtown Harbor Church is different. We're unique. And so we are a church that embraces culture. And so what we want to do is kind of be the first church in our area to take a stance on this issue because it's so important to the future growth of who we are and who people are and who our community is and who our country is. So at Downtown Harbor Church, this is something that we're just putting out there. And we're saying, if other local churches in the area don't agree with us, fine, not a problem. If other people in the community who are Christians don't agree with us, fine, not a problem. We don't care. We are taking a stance on this issue because this is so crucial to the future of our community and our church and the people who live in our community. So we, for the first time at Downtown Harbor Church, are saying yes to this issue, and this is what we're saying yes to. Fun. Because I don't know about you, but my experience in local churches hasn't been really fun. And I love to have fun. Who doesn't? But for some reason, somewhere along the way, we kind of felt like church should not be fun. I don't know what happened, but I remember like sitting in church as a kid and like sitting at a desk, like studying the scriptures and like coloring a picture of Moses or like doing whatever. And I was like, this ain't fun. This is like school. I hate school. I never want to go back there again. So what we've said at Downtown Harbor Church is that we are saying yes to fun because fun over time equals connection. Fun over time equals connection where people can connect with each other and kids can connect with each other. I got to tell you something. I love to go downstairs and to see our kids having fun over time here. I love when it's loud and noisy. I love when their voices kind of penetrate the room. I love when there's glitter for our preschoolers. I know you all as parents hate it, but I love it, right? Because they are having what? Fun. They're having fun over time. And here's the truth. We, we understand at Downtown Harbor Church that it's okay to have fun. If you've ever been to one of our events that we do, let me tell you a strategy thing. We don't do our own events at Downtown Harbor Church, meaning we don't put on our own Easter egg hunt or we don't put on our own classes or anything else that churches do. We just don't do it. Why? Because we want to go to what the city is already doing and engage with people in our community who are different than us, right? And you know what we have at those events? A whole lot of fun. We, have, uh, we had a volunteer party a couple of months ago. I got to tell you, I thought we were going to get thrown out of the building. Like we were having, we were like kicking it and having fun. And you know what? Fun over time equals something. It equals connection. I don't want any kid or teenager walking away from any local church going, that is way too boring and I never want to go back. I want them to get in the car and say to you or say to people who you know are kids, I want them to say, you know what I love so much about my life? My church, because it's so stinking fun. That's what I want them to say. That's what we believe in. Because fun over time equals connection. Time is so 
crucially important to what we're doing at Downtown Harbor Church. And over the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear us talk about this. And you're going to hear us reference these things. And next week, I'm going to talk about words and the importance of our words. And I'm going to spend the whole morning unpacking this because this is so important. And I truly believe, I truly believe that if we start getting this right, kids and teenagers will stop walking away from the local church in droves. And they will want to be a part of something that can help change their life and change their community right where they're at. Because in Proverbs 22, it says this. It says, direct your children unto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. You know why I know that they won't leave it? If we give them tribes, if our words that matter more than we could ever think that they matter send them in the right direction, they have fun, they're loved, we give them stories, and we give that all to them over time as these run out. So it's rare that I make a challenge at Downtown Harbor Church. I want us, this week, to buy Target out of these. I want them to be sold out, and I want them to go to a new Target if you can't you know, get them there. Because we got these at Target, and it was about like 25 bucks to get the whole thing. Here's what I want you to do. If you have kids, I want you to get one for each of your kids, and I want, to put, I want you to put these in your home. And I want you to calculate it out. There's this app. You might not remember this, but if you put it in your mind, it can help you calculate. It's called the Legacy Countdown app. We'll post a link to it on our Facebook page this week so you can see that. It helps you calculate. But some of you might be new parents and you're just starting this journey. But if you aren't a parent, that's cool because I'm not a parent. I want you to go and do this for a kid in your life because what's going to happen over time is you're going to see these marbles run out. You're going to see them leave this jar. And when you see the time you have left, you're going to make every single moment that you have matter to an exponential degree. Do this. Now, what I love so much about this is it's just a modern example of something that is rooted in the ancient text, the ancient scripture. And I believe this. You want to talk about history? It takes time over time to make a history worth repeating. It takes time over time to make a history worth repeating. Because I don't know about you, but when I think about the future, and I think about the kids that I put up on this screen here today, I want them to thrive. I want them to leave a legacy someday for their own children and their own grandchildren. I want them to thrive so much. That's why we give them all of these things over time. And it will make a history that is worth repeating. It will leave a legacy if you do this over the course of time. If you've known a kid or a teenager who is struggling or dealing with stuff, just going down the wrong path, you can always bring them back. It's okay. But think about this. It might be one of these things that they need, or maybe all of these things that they need, and they haven't gotten it. That's where we come in. That's where you, I'm pointing at every single person in the room, that's where you come in. Whether you're a teenager, an adult, a dad, an uncle, a friend, someone who works somewhere with kids, that's where you come in. Because your influence matters more than you would ever know or think that it matters, and time is running out. This is my job for those kids that I put on this screen. That's why we're going to consistently do what we do over time. Let me pray for us. Dear God, I'm so thankful for who you are. And what you do, you give us this, and I'm just 
we're just in love with you as our creator. Furthermore, God, we're in love with the kids and teenagers that you've given us in our lives. And so I pray that you would move throughout this room, that you would allow us to be influenced by your words and your practicality right where we're at so that we could invest in the next generation over time. And when we do that, God, we'll just say thank you to you because you led us here and you allowed us to do this. And God, I just pray for the kids in our life and the teenagers and the people because you put them very strategically in our life for a reason. May we be the people who give them what they need over time. And I pray this today in Jesus' name. Amen.